Hello, Jane. Hey, Issa. <laughs> Under the Bleachers. We're two adults who watch and discuss movies for teens. This week, (laughs) The Fault in Our Stars. I'm scared. Don't be scared. (laughs) Okay, I'm scared. Um, I uh, first wanted to talk about um, some teen star news that I heard over the weekend, which is that uh, Selena Gomez is rumored to want to stop her singing career. Did you hear about this, Jane? I haven't heard anything about this. Um, she said that she's tired of making music and people not taking her seriously. Mm. And in her words, like, Lose You to Love Me was one of the... She, she said it's, like, one of the best songs she's ever made. Wow. And people, like, didn't take her seriously. <sighs> Wow. <laughs> what a shame, you know, for what her, do you think? for Selena Gomez to stop singing. What will we do I don't, as a people? I don't think she should stop making music. Okay, here's the thing. I don't think she's that good a singer, but I think she makes fun music. She's fine. I mean, like, what else is she talented at? I I think that it's... <laughs> I think that she made the right connections with producers to give us tracks such as uh, Good For You, which is, to me, one of her best song. Wait, what song is that? Can you sing it? I just want to be good. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, wait, no, that's really good. I think that's one of her best songs, and I also think Bad Liar is one of her best songs. So it's interesting that she's like, why isn't anyone taking me seriously? And I'm like, actually, your fun songs are what I like. I just... Anyway. Uh, I'm not like a... I, I just can't get on board with her because I don't find her very talented, but I do like a lot of her music. She is very pretty. Whatever she chooses to do will be fine, and I'm sure... Even if she, like, retires from singing now, she will make more music later. Well, she said that she wants to do acting instead. <laughs> oh, great. You know, I did watch Spring Breakers. <laughs> I will say, I did watch Spring Breakers. And Can her character. Act? Yeah. And her character was the only. Oh. Was, like, the, the main character that I was, like, really invested in, actually. So. I actually. We'll uh, I've never seen her, so I didn't know that. Um, also. She, the reason I found out about this, or everyone found out about this, is because Cardi B was apparently like, Selena, don't stop singing. And everyone was like, wait, what? (laughs) She, she wants to stop? (laughs) What was that conversation? (laughs) Like, between Selena Gomez and Cardi B? Well, not, no, like, Cardi B was, like, talking to some reporter and was like, I don't want Selena Gomez to stop. And, and then everyone was like, wait, what? She said that she. I know, but that's that's my point. Do you think Selena Gomez has been, like, texting Cardi B, being like... I think they're I'm, friends. They're friends. Because they did that amazing song together. Amazing where song. she says, I keep it tight every day. <gasps> uh, what's that song called? No idea. I don't know. Uh, Taki Taki. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about, like, you don't... You, you want people to take you seriously. <laughs> Sorry. No. I think that song is fun. Anyway. Um... But we'll see what happens. We'll update our Under the Bleachers listeners with what happens. It's only March. Uh, anything could happen. Um, it's still March. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's still Women's History Month. And so we are still celebrating... Shailene Woodley! <laughs> okay. <sighs> um, 
Jane, we fucked up. I realized something. Did you know this? Wait, did you talk to me about this? Is it the order that's wrong? Yes, the order is wrong. Yeah, I realize that. I'm so sorry. So I know that I told everybody I would be taking us through Shailene Woodley's career in order, but we fucked up and flipped the episodes, and it's because we had to schedule a guest. It's fine. You can't at us. So we are... Well, also, the next two movies came out in the same year, yeah, so it yeah. doesn't matter. I was thinking it's, um, it's fine. Yeah. So The Fault in Our Stars came out in 2014. I do want to quickly say, between uh, right before that, apparently, she was offered the role of Mary Jane Watson in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is the one with... Fuck. Is that the one with Andrew Garfield? Oh, that's... Oh, that's... So who... So they filmed some, and then they cut her out of the film. Wait, who ended up... Was it Emma Stone? Yes, and the reason they said was, like, we really want to focus on Gwen... I forget her character's name. Emma Stone's character, blonde Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. They were like, we really want to focus on Gwen and and Peter Parker and Spider-Man, and, and not Mary Jane. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Because Sp- Spider-Man has like two girlfriends, but yeah, I don't. And then, and then they were like, just to be clear, everybody loved working with Shailene, which I believe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um. Okay, I'm. <laughs> I'm nervous because, um, I'm primed to hate this movie. If you've listened to any of our John Green episodes, you know, like my Tumblr baggage. Of being, just, like, of being on Tumblr in the time that everybody liked to dunk on John Green. Um, and so Fault in Our Stars was kind of the peak of that, and we talked about, a little bit about how, like, there are a lot of memes about that. Um, but a little bit about this movie. It's a 2014 movie. Um, the I think the book came out a couple years before that, so it was optioned pretty quickly. And I would say it's Ansel Elgort's first big role. Would you agree? I think so. Okay, um, before that, he was in a remake of Carrie with... C-G-M! <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> we should watch that. We definitely should. For the It's Chloe Grace Moretz, by the way, for people who My, are in the know. Yeah, you gotta say C-G-M. Um, I love Carrie also. Or, like, the old... The original movie is, like, one of my favorite horror movies yeah, ever. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, so we should watch the new one. <laughs> I didn't know it was Ansel Elgort, so I'm really excited. <laughs> This movie won Fault in Our Stars, not Carrie, 2013. Fault in Our Stars won every Teen Choice, People's Choice, MTV, People's Choice movie mm. award. So, like, all the teens really came through. Um, and like I said, we already talked about John Green, his perpetual online-ness, and his very dramatic YA novels. Oh, the other thing it made famous was the song... Boom Clap by <gasps> Charlie XCX. Apparently, it wasn't famous before this movie. That's- like, it didn't... That's such a good factoid, because when I heard that song, I literally was like, like, you know, I was like into it. I was like, this song You were like, boom, clap. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was like, wait. I thought that song was newer than this movie, weirdly. Anyway, um, I didn't know that this is the reason. It's like how, um, don't like the To All The Boys movies have the song, I Like Me Better in them. That's Mm -hmm. like their theme song. So that's kind of interesting. Jane, did you know who the two other actors were? Uh, who were considered instead of Sh- Shailene Woodley. Um, I don't. Like, the two other for the female lead. So, weirdly enough, Ansel Elgort was, like, very quickly cast. They were immediately like, this is the guy. And then um, Mae Whitman <gasps> and Haley Steinfeld were considered. Wow, Haley Steinfeld. Okay. Yeah. I love- Can you imagine how different? <laughs> I love both of them. Mae Whitman, 
she is, I consider her more like normal. <laughs> no offense. That sounds like an insult, but I love I'll her. Go. Sorry. No, no. I love her. I think she's great. Um, we just mean that like Hollywood is insane. So everybody else you start to see as uggo. Um, <laughs> yes, I think she's really good. And I think Haley Steinfeld is also really good. And it's kind of cool that like, I think all three of these kind of, uh, uh, I would say at the time teen actors are like really good yeah. <laughs> for this role. There's also a Bollywood remake. What? Um, Wait, I think yes. I did see that. Wow. Um, and I know that Shailene Woodley and Ansel Elgort watched it together because they tweeted about it. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Um, okay, there are v- some very specific memes to go along with this movie. Um, so I wanted to screen share really quickly, Jane, and show you like two memes I found and just have you like explain them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, describe. The first one. Okay, the first one is a blue, light blue background with a with two um, thinking uh, bubbles, I believe. And w- the first mm-hmm. one says, hello. And the second <laughs> one says, hello. <laughs> and then the second meme is a toilet paper uh, cardboard insert wearing um, apple, white apple eye ear- earbuds with a single <laughs> cigarette shoved into a hole that had been carved into the okay. cardboard tube. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's it? <laughs> that's it. Well, I guess, should we explain? Like, do people understand the memes? There's going to be a lot of memes coming out on our Twitter, so they'll have time to figure okay. it out. Um, is the hello, hello, like, the okay meme? I think so, but I don't know what hello is. It's just, like, people, like... Talking in like anime speak, I think, oh, okay. or like, see, that's or like child child speak. <laughs> um, okay, uh, but this obviously this was a huge online presence. This was a huge, I think, like big teen cultural phenomenon. I think we so. saw a tweet saying somebody missed their grandma's funeral to go see the <laughs> premiere. In and my reaction to that is that y- you could have seen you it. You can see at it. Yeah. Time. <laughs> But Jane, can you describe your experience with this movie? Absolutely. So <clears throat> I was a fan of John Green books and I, I read a bunch of them. I remember liking this one when it when it came out. I also was am biased because my mom, who has had cancer twice and is a librarian, said that this was her her favorite book about cancer and that the way that it talked about cancer was the most honest. And so, of course, that has seeped into my subconscious. When the movie came out, I went with my good friend Natalie Niemeyer to the theater across the street from my college and watched it for $2. We sobbed the entire time. That's a a big movie to see in theaters and with a friend because it's just vulnerable. And then what I did was I went home. And I got the book out of the library and I read the whole the book over again the next day and I just cried all day. <laughs> so Oh, so I, you saw yes. it before you read the book or you had read the book and then you got it again? I got it again. Okay, okay, okay. Yep. Wait, how old were we when this came out? It came out in twenty fourteen, so we were almost graduating from college. Babies. Babies. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say babies, I was gonna say like twenty one. <laughs> I was graduating from college. That feels, oh my God, 
something that um, plagued me this movie was I simultaneously felt like it was a long time ago and like not as long a time ago as I thought, like mm-hmm. while I was watching this, basically. Some of their like, I don't know, references and stuff. Um, I'm nervous about this because, well, first of all, I told you all about how I'm primed to hate it, but also like, I think I am immune to crying at medical dramas because I have watched every single episode of Grey's Anatomy. And so it has been stripped out of my soul to like cry in sickly teen movies. (laughs) This is, this is perhaps the juggernaut sickly teen movie though. Like, I don't think what top, I don't think anything tops this and Five Feet Apart is, like, a poor excuse for this, I would say. Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah. I The first thing that came to mind was My Sister's Keeper, but that feels more of, like, an adult. It's, like, aimed at adults, even though it That's is about like children. Sickly well. sister. Yeah, that one's that one's good, and it'll also make you cry. I also uh, want to preface, preface that. I did not cry in that one either, because okay. I don't think the movie is that good. But okay. is it Kate Hudson? Isn't it Kate Hudson? Ooh, I've... Oh, it, I think I, it is. I probably and now saw she's it before in I knew the Sia movie. Okay, <gasps> I just want to preface that I'm a crier. So, like, I'm trying okay, not okay. to be... <clears throat> sorry, I'm trying not to be judgmental because, like, I'm fully... <laughs> I, like, fully cry so easily. And I also think this week in particular, I'm, like, just mm. on the edge. I, for my job, I answer online reviews. And I choked up reading an online review the other day. So I feel like I'm just, like, you know, just just near tears anyway it's fine you should keep a folder of the best online reviews that elicit a reaction like that anyway we can we can jump in i'm scared we won't be friends anymore after but we, can we have in. to for our okay. listeners we have to keep going okay <laughs> we can go we can go uh, hazel is a teenager <laughs> with thyroid cancer that has spread to her lungs she spends most of her time rereading the same book an imperial affliction which is about a girl who dies from cancer her parents think she's depressed and make her join a support group led by Mike Birbiglia. This is where she meets <laughs> Augustus, a teen who lost his leg to cancer but is in remission. He shares his pretentious views about about life and his future and is charmed when Hazel says they are all going to die and need to accept it. <laughs> I'm so happy Mike Birbiglia is in it. <laughs> um, uh, did you uh, did you know who? Sorry, this is unrelated. I don't know who Peter Gabriel and Keith Richards are. I don't either. I want to say oh, she. I don't want to guess and make make a stupid comment. I don't know. <laughs> no, you should guess. Guess. I, I want to say, are they rock artists? I have no idea. So okay. the reason I say this is because if I mean I this is such a throwaway comment, but like. The quick intro is, like, her staring up at the stars and saying, like, you know, like, the classic, like, love stories aren't like they are in the movies or something. And she goes, like, they're not, like, a Peter Gabriel song. And I was, like, who? Okay. I'm pretty sure, like, yeah, rock artist is as far as I'm going to go. Okay. Uh I I like the bleak guitar playing Mike Birbiglia. That felt very real and funny. Um, The first time I cried... (laughs) Oh my god! When her mom, her mom drops her off um, to go to the support group, and it's apparent that she's going to be just waiting in the parking lot for her daughter throughout the support group, and she's like, "Hey, mom, like you can go home." And her mom's like, "No, no, no, I have stuff to do." And I just cried because so much of this movie is about her parents, like their relationship with her and their relationship with her illness, and how and how they are just sort of consumed with her. Um, yeah. 
and care for her and love her so much. Laura so Dern. That got me. Laura Dern. Oh, wait. Oh, I wanted to say Laura Dern plays Shailene Woodley's mother in this movie. She plays uh, Reese Witherspoon's mother in Wild, and they all are peers on Big Little Lies. Uh, you also meet, you, you get really, to me, this is Shailene's uh, iconic hair. So that's why I like wow. I associated with her as her hair girl. Because I think this is the first big movie I noticed Shailene in. Mm. And she also has her scratchy little voice. <laughs> <laughs> now you're now you're hearing it. Now you're like, yeah, I get it. I think it goes with her personality. So you like her character immediately because she's sarcastic and like doesn't really want to be cheered up by therapy. And they like make a bunch of jokes about her being depressed. I kind of don't like that the doctor's like, She's depressed. <laughs> um, her dad is Sam from True Blood, who's the character who can turn into a dog. Oh, you find him out. Okay. There's just so many. There's just so many different men in True Blood that like he's like lower down on my list. I've never so, seen it. So. Okay. So my question to you was: try to take yourself back. Mm. What did you think of Ansel Elgort at first sight? That's my question. That's an incredible question because <laughs> it's truly marred now. Like, yeah, I, exactly. I, I mean, I think he's a sexual predator. I think he's annoying. Um, I don't remember. I, I don't remember having a big impact from <gasps> him. I don't remember being attracted to him. Um, I definitely like he, he is like a smarmy character. So I feel like I wasn't that influenced by. Ansel Elgort, and I didn't know his name until recently. So, oh shit, is it Ansel? You? Like Hansel? Oh, I, I don't know. No idea. I have no idea. Sorry. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, his first appearance in this movie is like a terrible angle. He's like looking down at her with a double chin. Yes. So I think that's kind of funny. Um, I don't. I've never like really found him attractive. I think my first movie that I like watched him for a long time was actually Baby Driver, and I I really like that movie, and I think you might if you watch it, Jane, but. I I don't really find him attractive. And so when other people, I think a lot of teens did, though. And it's he's like a very specific type. Yeah, definitely. People are um, into him, but he's 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 not for me. But it's it's, you know, immediately they're like priming you to like him because like he bumps into the door again because he's looking at her. And like I was just thinking. So she sits down in the support group with Mike Probiglia and he just, like, is looking at her continuously. And I was like, if I were that age and a boy, any boy was just, like, looking at me like that continuously, like, I'd probably, like, you know, <laughs> like, start being curious about them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we get uh, Nat Wolf. Yes. Okay. I like him so much more in this oh, role. Oh, my God. Than- I like him <sighs> so much more. Uh, Nat Wolf, a.k.a. Q from Paper Towns, um... He's lost some baby fat in this movie, but also he's just so much more likable. I was also wondering if he looks good with sunglasses, if they're just like <laughs> flattering for him because the character eventually so loses rude. his vision completely. I don't know. I just think he looks good in the sunglasses. Sorry. It also makes me kind of dislike Paper Towns a little more looking back on it. because Same. Like, he's just he like he just didn't work in that film and he's perfect in this role. I think I really liked him in this role, and I like that Ansel Elgort has a friend because you don't mm-hmm. you don't often get in teen movies like love interests that have like likable friends. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Hazel is, doesn't yeah. have any friends, but that sort of fits into her. That's that's her thing, what though. She's, yeah, what she's dealing with. I was thinking about how into all the boys Peter Kavinsky has, um, 
murder Reggie as his friend <laughs> and how how much less I like that character conception mm-hmm. compared to like the relationship of what's his name Augustus and what's his friend's name Isaac Isaac yeah yeah I think they're um, they're good together and- okay we can move on Oh, wait, I was just I like really say, excited. Oh, I did want to say because this is when the cigarette metaphor happens. Oh, yes, you're right. It's and a metaphor. It is annoying. Like we can <laughs> we can all agree that that it's annoying. Should we like um, should we recap it for anyone who has not for okay, some reason? So Ansel Elgar's character is standing outside of the support group and talking to Shailene Woodley. And he, like, takes out a box of cigarettes and puts a cigarette in his mouth. And she has been, like, enjoying their conversation. And she's like, oh, my God, ew, no, how could you do that? You're ruining it. And he's like, I put the thing that is could kill me uh, in between my lips, but I don't give it the power to kill me or something like that. And, I mean, he's, you know, he's pretentious. But I think that there is some parallel between him and the Sprouse twin of Five Feet Apart. In that Ooh. he is, you know, he's he's scared of dying, and he's yeah, he's traumatized. He's trying to like look, look death in the face by like making a cocky joke out of it. Basically, mm-hmm. is that in the movie the cigarette metaphor, or sorry, in the book? The, the sorry, book. what the yeah, fuck am I saying? Okay, yeah. I was like, did they just put this in the movie because it's fun to like see a hot boy with a cigarette, but you didn't, <laughs> you didn't want to encourage kids to smoke. Yeah, unfortunately, smoking <laughs> is sexy. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's super cool. <laughs> okay, let's move I on. wonder if they're trying to address, like, how do we... <laughs> okay, keep going. All right, we learn that Hazel almost died as a child, and she remembers her mom saying, I'm not going to be a mom anymore. Hazel and Gus have started hanging out and trade books. In Gus's dope basement, other cancer friend Isaac is reeling from being dumped right before surgery, surgery, which will leave him blind. Gus likes an imperial affliction, but is frustrated that it ends in the middle of the sentence. Hazel says she tried to reach the book's author, Peter, but he moved to Amsterdam and hasn't answered her letters. I just, okay, this is like the starting of me starting to get really annoyed. And like to to his, to the movie's credit, I don't, I found it really hard to separate like, what I feel about Ansel Elgort now from, like, the mm-hmm. movie. And so sometimes I don't know what choices I don't like that Ansel Elgort is doing versus, like, whether I think John Green should have just not cast him. Because mm. some of the dialogue is very, like... I can't even, like, put a name to it. It's, like, a little Joss Whedon-esque, but it's, like, smart YA teen. Like, Gus, Gus saying, like, you know... um, I fear oblivion, I intend to live an extraordinary life, Hazel Grace, like, I enjoy looking at beautiful people, and I won't deny myself simple pleasures, like, I, I could see how, like, if you're reading a book and, like, imagining this boy, you can kind of, like, imagine a boy that would say this, and I just couldn't take Ansel Elgort seeing it, so, like, that, that was really hard for me, and I couldn't take some of that quippy dialogue, and I don't know if it was just, um, John Green getting in some of the way because I think when the actors were just doing their thing and like interacting, it was really cute. Like sometimes they would just do little like bits in between the dialogue that I was like, oh my gosh, they this this pair has like good chemistry. Yeah, <sighs> and I like you're saying, I get what and you're like saying. I mean, I guess the the last thing I'll say to that is like a lot of this dialogue to me is like kind of nerdy, thoughtful teen. 
and they characterize him in the book as like a pretty regular boy who likes to like play video games and like has sports posters all over his wall and like likes to read the book versions of his video games and I actually really love the scene of him and Isaac playing Halo together like I was just like this is I like this like boy culture and that's not who is saying these lines Mm. (laughs) that's John Green (laughs) like that's that's what got in the way for me here's my thoughts first of all John Green didn't cast anyone <laughs> he's just the writer <gasps> wow i didn't I know think, he had no say i'm i guess i could be wrong but i know that he posted about looking for alaska and he was like i don't i don't <gasps> cast people but oh maybe um, he was trying to declare that he was like pissed off with looking for alaska no no he casting. said he loved them oh okay never mind he was like i don't cast people but they <laughs> seem in, like great choices who is in the looking for alaska movie the beautiful girl <laughs> i don't know her name from the society <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm gonna look it up anyway keep going sorry okay here's my thoughts <laughs> You're right that the dialogue is stylized in a way that I also am like turned I'm turned off by that and there and then it also like flips back into like very natural natural dialogue which I prefer. I think the stylized stuff is fully John Green's writing. Like that mm. is how he writes. He writes he writes unrealistically, you know, he he writes like in a way that we wish we'd spoke instead of a way that we Mm. actually speak. And so if you don't like it, then like, that's fair. Like it's just probably not gonna, you know, work. Well, I also was like, maybe it would have worked with not Ansel. I was the whole time I was like, would this have worked with like a boy who didn't look like Ansel Elgort? That was my question. (laughs) No, truly. Cause like Ansel Elgort just like, to me, I can't separate him from like a douchebag. Like he looks like a douche. Um, yeah. And I don't know, maybe I would have felt differently if I'd seen it before. Cause like teens loved him. Anyway, my question to you was, have you ever read a book for a boy? Yeah. (gasps) Tell me more. (laughs) Oh, let's see. Well, I think it's more honest to say I've tried to read a book and then I stopped reading it. Oh, wait, Um, sorry. As a teen. I will say, I will say as a teen. Oh no, no, I didn't talk to boys. No. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so what what book were you thinking of? I was thinking of Walter giving me many books, including one by Zadie Smith, and I didn't like it. Sorry. Oh, I've read multiple books by Zadie Smith, and one of them I really liked, and then one of them I really hated, and I couldn't understand. I was like, this person is good, so like, why do I have such polarized reactions? Anyway, um, I read a book once for a boy that I dated in high school, and it was called Jack Dawes, and it was just like an, an action, like, sort of spy book i was like Mm -hmm. fine um what i do remember is that it has a really good sex scene (laughs) wow nice i'm such such a horn dog well that's not like a big part of the story at all it's like a pretty (laughs) chunky action thriller book like it's pretty bit like long but like moves really quickly and the sex scene is like in the first three chapters and happens for like one page but I, like, remembered it for a long time. I think it was one of the first sex scenes I read as a teen of, like, a girl being on top. And I was just, like, uh. really... It, like, made a big impression on me. I was, gotcha. like, in high school. I was just, like, cool. That's your fave position now. <laughs> no. Um, not... Well, uh, no comment. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about Hazel a little more. Yes. Because... Of the, of the three roles we've talked about for Shailene Woodley, okay. Hazel is by far the most outspoken. She is the least passive. She is the most sure of herself. Mm. Um, I think she's a great character. And it's nice to see Shailene, like, 
get to stand up for herself a little bit. I will say that they had um there was a scene of Augustus trying to get Hazel to talk about herself, just like in the spectacular now of Sutter trying oh, to yeah, get yeah. Shailene to talk about herself. Men just want to hear Shailene talk about <laughs> herself. <laughs> yeah, I um I agree with you. And actually now that you're saying that, I think I was like so like I was so annoyed by some of the things Ansel Elgort was doing that I forgot to say like I like liked how Shailene did a lot of this. And like I also really like the scenes of her waiting for him to call or text her and kind of mm-hmm. looking at her phone annoyed and like she's annoyed with herself with like looking and I it just felt so real like that little montage and she's so happy when he texts her and she forgets what her parents are saying in the background I was like you have captured like a very big part of teen cell phone life like that is very normal but that like a lot of movies can't fucking do like (laughs) I wrote that scene down too and I thought it was great that in the background her parents are talking about goji berries which is just such a perfectly specific (laughs) conversation that parents have and it also is them you know trying to maintain like yeah normalcy yeah they don't actually have um i like um i was thinking again of to all the boys where which has a comparable scene where she's waiting for a phone notification and then Mm -hmm. she does the weird fall which i hate dog (laughs) so like this is in contrast to that like it's so natural and like Mm. the only kind of disruptive thing is her like you can see her not listening to her parents anymore. And also you as the audience, you're not really listening to the parents anymore. And they're like, what do you think? And she's like, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really cute. Um, what did you think about the scene where he talks to her about her favorite book while Isaac is like freaking out about the breakup? I mean, I think that was for comedic purposes. And I like I I, I thought it was successful. Um, not realistic again. Like that's the kind of like cutesy element of this movie that. That, it, that you might like or you might not like. Uh, I did think it was fun having him break all those trophies. I you? wish, I was like, they should have just decoupled these scenes, these conversations from each other, and I would have liked them both. Like, watch Isaac break all the shit, and then they go outside and talk. I was like, why did they mm-hmm. have to do the thing? But yeah, again, I was just like, well, it's a choice. Um, I was just going to say, like, every girl, like, starts to fall in love with him because, like, he's engaging with something she likes and quoting it mm-hmm. back to her. I was like... Holy shit, like, of course teens want to throw their underwear at this guy. <laughs> but he does Ooh, say... Teens still do. He does, Yikes. like, say in this scene, he says, so yeah, that just happened. And I was like, I no, 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 oh, no. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, agreed, 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 agreed. Um, I do. <sighs> you know what? I thought I would really hate the, like, okay, okay. And I actually was okay with it. <laughs> you were okay with the okay. So for the listeners, if you've not seen this movie, the reason that it comes about is like Isaac and his former girlfriend used to always say like, always, always, which is like obviously disgusting. So they were kind of like, so Hazel and Gus are texting and they're like, okay, okay. And that's like their way of talking without like, I love it because it's like, you know, it's really hard to talk about cancer. So like, it's really hard to ask someone going through something like that if they're okay. Like, mm. <laughs> or like, how are you feeling? Like, that's such... And a lot of times in this movie, Hazel is sort of asked, like, how are you doing? And she's kind of like, I don't fucking know. Um, yeah. So that, that like, hit right. So, like, <sighs> sometimes he does things right, and then sometimes I'm like, ugh. So, okay, yeah, let's that just happened. <laughs> let's go to the let's next go. section, because I, I want to see how your feelings about him progress. Okay, okay. Okay. Weeks later, 
Gus gets in touch with Peter over email. He invites them to Amsterdam, but Hazel's mom says they can't afford to go. Augustus reveals that he's a virgin and that he's going to use his make-a-wish to bring them to Amsterdam. Hazel is thrilled, but then has a medical emergency, her lungs filling up with liquid. The doctors say she can't go on the trip. Upset, Hazel starts ignoring Gus and then breaks off their romance, saying she is a grenade and that she wants to limit how many people she will hurt when she dies. Um... One of my favorite sort of details this movie does, and again, I don't know if this is like the movie or the book, is that the first time she, uh, Shailene Woodley, like reads the email uh, from the author's office, she's like really excited. So she starts yelling like, mom, mom. And the mom like comes, Laura Dern like comes in her towel and she's like mm-hmm. clearly really, really scared that like something bad yep. is happening. Yeah. Um, I just I like. I loved all those details. Yeah, too. I love details like that. The stuff about the parents was really good. For sure. And when her dad was, I cried again when her dad was carrying her into the hospital. And just like that moment was so, first of all, he's hot. Second of all. I like Sam from True Blood. He's fine. He's the same, by the way, he's the same character in this movie. (laughs) He's just like a good guy. (laughs) Okay, this is unrelated, but did you notice when she gets the email from the author, she's like slamming her finger into the screen of her laptop. And I was like, stop, stop it. Break it, stop. I saw that too. And I was like, I don't think, I don't think we do that. (laughs) No, you can't. You have to treat your laptop with respect. But maybe Shailene Woodley does. I don't know. She can do whatever Because maybe that's her choice. Also, I thought it was weird that her parents, or Laura Dern, and I couldn't tell if it was, like, her trying to make an excuse, but the first thing she says is, like, that's really expensive, and I was like, Mm. is it? Also, your house is really nice. (laughs) Your kitchen is so nice. (laughs) I'm guessing it's more of, like, a, because of the medical Yeah, maybe the medical stuff is expensive. Like, she might need to pay for a whole extra seat to, like, bring some shit. Who knows? That's true. That's and true. like doctors on call and stuff. Okay, here was yeah. my question for you about Gus. Ooh. Did you did you see him like getting more human? Did you see the like annoyingness kind of die down, especially when Hazel kind of breaks up with him, sort of, and he doesn't say anything smarmy to her. Mm-hmm. He he just looks really hurt. And I was wondering if you if you got that. I think, yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I felt Ansel Elgort was doing a good job in between lines that I didn't like. So, like, Mm. so, especially in this part of the movie, I just scrolled down a bit, and, like, the next time I sort of was like, oh, why did he say that is, like, a little while after this. Mm -hmm. So, like, um, yeah, you're right. Like, I think this part of the movie, getting to just, like, see them reacting to some really terrible shit, which is that she is another, like, her lungs fuck up again. Um, and he's just, like, looking really lost in the hospital. Like, he just gets to, like, do some acting. <laughs> I, here's my, I was like, if, yeah, I liked it. <laughs> if I am giving this movie the benefit of the doubt, which I think this movie deserves to be criticized, absolutely. But, like, <laughs> if I'm playing, like, I, if I'm playing, like, the supporter of this movie, what I would argue for his character is that he is, like, terrified. He's yeah. just a kid who's so terrified and he's dealing with it in like a really classically dumb boy way. And it's really nice to see him kind of like flow in and out of this You're right, like, you're right. facade that he's doing. And I have a feeling of when you are annoyed next and it also like annoys <laughs> the shit out of me. So, I don't know. Oh, I don't I, know. I well, well, I was going to say yeah, you're right. Like I think they do a good job with him. You can see when he's not having fun and being cocky. 
Mm. And that's, like, when his real emotion shows through. And to be clear, like, I'm shitting on a lot of these lines, but I watched a fuck ton of Shondaland material, and that is (laughs) all stylized dialogue. So perhaps something that's wrong with my brain is that I've taken up so much of that one type of stylized dialogue that I can't accept any other. So, like, (laughs) do not think I am shitting on just, like, John Green for the sake of it. Like, I'm also broken. (laughs) My question question to you was, um, if you were a teen and the boy you kind of were starting to, like, did the whole thing that he did, which is like, that's probably why I'm still a virgin. <laughs> what would be your immediate reaction? Discomfort. Oh, change really? the subject. <laughs> yeah. I would just be like, ha, okay, let's get pizza. I, don't I know, would, I, I would it. honestly be like, I think at that age, I would be like, oh, maybe we can have our first time because I was like a because I was like a Catholic teen, so I was like really excited when boys were virgins. <laughs> <laughs> the but now that's on. it's just funny that like now I would never react that way. But like I like thought back to what I would be like in that moment, and also I she kind of reacts realistically too, where she's like, "Why'd you say that?" <laughs> I'm also it, she reacts in a way that would make you believe that she's not a virgin. She's like, really? Like, yeah, that's I'm true. Assu- I'm assuming she she is. I think she is. Well, something something in a lot of other sickly teen movies is that like some other movies, um, especially movies in the same line of books that my sister's keeper is in, they talk a little bit more about like how a lot of teens in these like cancer support groups and communities like all just like fuck each other. <laughs> Um, so I thought maybe that was, like, part of what she was saying. Like, maybe she mm-hmm. was trying to be, like, really, like, if you go to the support group, you've probably, like, fucked someone there. Interesting. Um, yeah. I thought it was funny when he gave her shit for using her Make-A-Wish on Disney World. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a good bit. Because she also had a great, she had a great podcast. reaction, too. <laughs> yeah, she that was, was like, her face line. was like, I think that worked for me. You know, just to go back to the dialogue for a second, I'm wondering if because Shailene Woodley has such a natural aesthetic and, like, Mm. she, like, one of the reasons we like her is because she feels so accessible if she, like, I think she fits really well into this movie and I almost, but it she has, like, a slightly different style than the movie overall. And so I'm wondering if, like, she brought a lot of the good stuff to this movie or 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 if they could have put in Mae Whitman and Mae Whitman would have been, like, super, oh, interesting. super smarmy, too. I don't know. Or Haley Seinfeld. Haley Seinfeld is, like, maybe too attractive for this um, role. That's my thought. Oh, she's that. so pretty. Um, Yeah, you're right. Maybe it's the contrast between them. Also, I was thinking maybe it's the contrast between... Gus and um, Miles Teller because while mm. Miles Teller in Spectacular Now also does kind of the cocky boy mm. act, like yes. his lines are a little less like smarmy and they're yeah. a little more just like natural. So maybe I'm yeah. just reacting. Anyway, um, suddenly her lungs act up. Uh, I think there's a really moving moment when she like sees how much her parents are like supporting each other and like holding their hands. And then her doctors just like yell at her. <laughs> for wanting to go to Amsterdam. I was like, I don't think they would do that. I don't know. I don't know. I truly don't know if a doctor would yell at a teen. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, the next line I have is where she finally calls him after she ignored him a bit and, like, sheds some, like, truly gorgeous tears while talking to him. <laughs> and then she's like, it's really just the sky. The sky's making me sad, and there's a pathetic old swing set here. And I was like, uh. <laughs> Very poetic. Then they have their, um, they have their, like, time on the swings where he's just, like, expressing nice thoughts that are also very John Green, so. Um, like the, you have no idea how utterly unprecedented you are. Mm. Um, again, I was like, could this be better with, like, a, a different kind of boy, maybe? We're never gonna know. <laughs> I was like, maybe it should have been, like, Jughead writer. <laughs> oh, no. I'm weird. I don't want to fit in. <laughs> Disagree. Disagree. <laughs> okay, we can keep going. All right. It turns out that Hazel can go to Amsterdam. Yay! In Amsterdam, at a fancy restaurant with an overly talkative waiter, Gus confesses his love. They meet Peter the next day, and it's obvious that he, uh, his hot assistant has set up the meeting and that Peter is actually a drunk jerk. He yells at them about wanting to know what happens after the ending of the book, and Hazel and Gus leave. The hot assistant cheers everyone up by taking them to the Anne Frank house. It's difficult <laughs> for Hazel to climb all the stairs, but she does, and inspired by Anne Frank's words, kisses Augustus. Onlookers break into applause. <laughs> that night, Hazel and Gus have sex. Did you? Okay, I learned that I watched a part that was cut out, which is that there's a John Green cameo in the airport. Okay, I it? read that Wikipedia blob blurb blurb blob. sorry blob. <laughs> um i didn't see it i heard i he saw was, it whatever he, he was bad whatever uh illegal version i watched <laughs> was in it and he was like fine but it just like scared me for some reason i was like ah <laughs> it's him because like i've seen pictures of him mainly with people dunking on him so then i was just like whoa <laughs> um laura dern is so good um when she reveals that they're going to amsterdam She's so amazing. Also, I like, I forget if this was this section, but Gus having that heart to heart. Uh, no, sorry. Her, Hazel's dad having that heart to heart with Gus about how uh, Shailene is going to be sick for the rest of her life. Like, that kind of stuff is what freaking killed me. Okay. Um, I hated the restaurant scene. Oh, what was going on with that fucking guy? The waiter. I hated it. it <laughs> what felt- was his problem? <laughs> It felt like we weren't, it felt like we were missing something because the waiter was so friendly, was like giving them free stuff, was talking to them like not normal people. And maybe this is because I have no experience at fancy restaurants and feel uncomfortable in them in general. But like this guy was over the top and it like took me out of, out of it for a little bit. I, my thought is that like waiters are only nice to you like that when there's someone with you at the fancy restaurant who is gonna like give you a fuck ton of money. So like two kids at the fancy restaurant they would not be nice to but maybe maybe he was being so nice because the check was already paid and she put Mm -hmm. like a huge tip on it. Yeah, or or it was like a cancer perk thing or something like that. But also like famously European waiters are like not very nice. Also... (laughs) My question was, so he says, we bottled all the stars for you this evening. Ugh. And I was like, is that where the title comes from? Maybe. Where does the title come from? It from, comes from the frickin' waiter. I hate that. Where does, is there any other place the title, The Fault in Our Stars, comes from? I don't know. I don't remember. Um, um I, my, um, 
Although I will say about the Amsterdam trip, I loved Laura Dern on it and I wanted to be her. Like when she like gets her a cute dress, I was like, oh, this is such a cool mom. I want to get cute stuff for my kids and encourage them to fall in love and get yeah, she's and an get their virginity mom. taken in Amsterdam. <laughs> uh, uh, I was just like, she's so cool. Um, <laughs> I've actually been to Amsterdam for a few <gasps> days and I have been to the Anne Frank house. So oh what God. I will say, okay, as a oh representative my of oh the my Jewish God. race. Oh my God. I can say that I'm not offended by the scene. I'm not offended that he wrote the scene. It's fine. Get over it. But as someone who has been to the Anne Frank house, I can say this would never, ever happen. Why ever. are they making out in... Okay, also, I want to say it's right after the assistant is like, her dad was the only one to survive. And then they make out, which, like, you get to see, like, in their faces why they do that. But, like, to the assistant, she looks back and she, they're kissing. So she's probably like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think it's Anne Frank's words, because, like, Anne Frank... Yes, yes, there, yes, yes, There's, like, she's speaking about how she had positivity, even though she was in the closet. So you don't think died. that, like, everyone would have applauded? Absolutely. No, 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 no. The vibe, <laughs> the vibe there was, like, stone silent. I mean, then again, obviously, I only went through once, but I, it, I cannot imagine this, this happening. And I can't imagine that these teens, even, even though they're dealing with stuff would would kiss like it's just so it is inappropriate and again i'm not offended by it i'm just saying it wouldn't happen okay that's my spiel on that uh, um, i mean i'm excited that you have gone there also were there really a lot of stairs like did you climb the yes. ladder yeah okay mm -hmm. so all of that was there like they yep. filmed it there yeah oh that's hard um isn't that like an accessibility issue <laughs> well i don't is think that, that like they can thing? just like change it yeah or... that's true no but they should like install an elevator anyway um i i want to talk about willem dafoe cameo <laughs> wow he is so evil looking Those uh, i love him i think he's a great grouchy alcoholic i also just like love him and i might watch more um movies with him and then his his assistant lita lita what lita why she <laughs> she's like really hot she's a model and that she's a hot me. she's a Ugh. hot character from outlander oh okay she's from outlander honestly this stuff makes me mad <laughs> because like why 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 does she have to look like a model like it feels so crazy it's already so unrealistic that she yeah, would why be so intrusive with these these people and like have someone fly across the world like on the off chance that this guy is nice to them, and then the fact that she would be like, "Let's go to the Anne Frank house," when there's so many other more fun things to do in Amsterdam. <laughs> she's like, "I know what'll cheer you up." Oh, it's so that actually annoys me. I mean, she's a good actress, but ugh. she yeah, what did she's you think fine. About the sex scene, um, I was gonna say I liked it fine. I think it's kind of weird because apparently Augustus was or not Augustus. Uh, Ansel Elgort was like nominated for like a best shirtless scene, and I was like, "That's not." What? He's just like sitting. <laughs> that's so. That's so weird. Um, he didn't win. He didn't win. Like he okay. lost, but like maybe they didn't have a lot. Were they of just options. like scraping the yeah. barrel? <laughs> I think it's. I think it's a really sweet scene. I thought it was I, a good scene. Yeah. I think it's, um, on par with the spectacular now of like realism and like. Uh, it's not gross, you know. I don't feel. I didn't yeah. feel like gross watching it. And, and like um, you know, they they do the very they do treat very carefully like him being self conscious about his yeah. leg and like my my only thing I guess about it was like they almost seem too confident 
to be in that hotel room together because um I when I was a teen especially like there was a time in college oh my gosh I have a story so when I was in college Nate and I had a planned trip to New York to see a Broadway show and we were gonna stay with a friend and he was like a very flaky rich friend (laughs) and as we were like on our way to New York the friend canceled on us and was like hey sorry like Forgot I had something this weekend, but oh my, my mom booked you a hotel. And I was like, what? <gasps> That's just how rich people roll. But um, but then because of that, like we stayed in a hotel and that was, I think, maybe the first time I'd ever been in a hotel room with a boy ever. And it just felt so grown up. Like it was also a very like trendy hotel in Midtown. Like everybody was like hot artsy New York person to me at that age and I just felt like such a child Mm. that when we did make it into the hotel room I did not feel sexy like I was like a little overwhelmed interesting Um, eventually it was fine but like (laughs) I was just like I was just like whoa whoa like I am not old enough to like check into a hotel room (laughs) I understand that there is something special about hotels and I I love hotels and have like have had many great times there. Not not just like sexually. I just mean like I've yeah. I've I've many fond memories of like being in hotels and and honestly miss hotels as one of the things that we aren't doing right now. I was like they're a little too comfortable with like how nice this bed is. They should just like <laughs> kind of play with it a little bit and be like, "Ooh, it's so su-. like you know what kids do." Anyway, she should go was- take the free shampoo from the the yeah, shower and be yeah. like, "I'm bringing this home." <laughs> that's my only complaint about the sex scene that's not even related to the sex scene. We can keep going. Though. Okay. The next morning, Augustus reveals that his cancer is back and serious. At home, he asks Hazel and Isaac to write eulogies for his funeral, and then they egg Isaac's ex-girlfriend's car. (laughs) When Gus shares his sadness over not getting to be someone special, Hazel tells him off and says he is special to her and that that should be enough. Gus holds a funeral for himself, and Isaac and Hazel give their speeches, Hazel saying that she and Gus had an epic love story and that she wished Gus would be the one to eulogize her. Hazel confronts her parents about her fear that they will have nothing once she's dead, and it is revealed that her mom is studying to become a social worker. I forgot that before this, the dinner scene is also where he confesses his love to her for the first Mm -hmm. time. And she doesn't Um, answer. (laughs) And she doesn't answer. And I liked the moment that he said, I'm in love with you, and I just wish John Green had stopped there. It kind of just, like, got less honest after that for Mm -hmm. me. Because, like, again, like, I think... There's some good acting and good, like, emotional beats here, and he almost just, like, says too much. But uh, that said, like, it it was a little more realistic for me that, like, you can tell that he's really scared and his cancer's back and mm-hmm. he's, like, apparently the world is not a wish-granting factory. Like, I can tell he's making a joke because he's, like, so scared. Um, my question was, why didn't Gus's parents meet him at the airport? <laughs> Oh, Did you notice that when they I got don't... back from Amsterdam, only her family oh, yeah, was yeah. there? And that was it. another scene that made me... Okay, at this point, I was just crying constantly, but seeing her dad <laughs> see, seeing her, her dad crying when picking her up because he probably hasn't been apart from his daughter because she's been sick most of yeah. her life, and because he probably was scared that she was going to, like maybe die and so seeing them crying like uh for the for the for the (laughs) listeners i cried while writing up the plot outline (laughs) 
Anyway, um, why did it? Why don't we get anything about Gus's family? Well, we do a little, a tiny, a little bit, bit. when but he's really sick. But I wish You're, they had lot. met him at the airport. I might be um, making this up, but in the book, I want to say that there was like a little more information about how he hmm. was a basketball player and like maybe that was important to his dad or something like that. But obviously, hmm. he couldn't play. And also, this might not be real, but I feel like in the book he had an ex-girlfriend who died from cancer and she, just because of her illness, became really, really mean, like Mm. cruel to him and was like really, really cruel to him, which kind of explains some of his behavior, I think. If that's not in the book, then like, it sounds like you made a cool story. (laughs) I think it is in the book. Don't give me that much okay, credit. Okay, okay, okay. I think that, like, I think that Or it's that, in another John Green book. Yeah, exactly. You're totally right. Um, but if that's the case, I think it does explain his character a little bit. I have a question. Okay. During the uh, house egging scene, they okay. go and pick up two dozen eggs, and Isaac is like, do I smell eggs? Can you smell <laughs> no, raw no. eggs in no. the shell? No. There's no smell. No. I did like Sorry, that scene, Isaac. though. I think I liked this scene better than the other, like, Isaac smashing stuff scene. Mm. Because because that one, again, I was like, that was just, you would just never try to have a, a conversation while this is happening. But true, I know some people who've egged houses, and <gasps> I liked this scene. I've never, I've never done it. Me neither. I'm not, I'm not that brave. Me neither. Um, I do like that the mom just goes back inside. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because I think like if I was like in that moment, if someone was egging um my kid and they my said kid. that it and they said that it was because, you know, of a broken heart, I'd probably also just clean it up later. Wait, my kid? They were just like throwing eggs at your child. Directly. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Although, did you notice like a lot of the eggs landed on the car and not the house? Yeah. They're standing think- so far away. Oh, I think they were trying to get the house, but they did like almost hit the mom, which was yeah. I mean, to be honest, like three out of four are on the car. (laughs) Based on, based on like how she looked, I would assume she would call the cops. (laughs) That was I was like, she's gonna Um, call the cops. I like that the movie balances that because that's like right before Gus like has a breakdown and just really sad. Oh yeah, and I did feel sad. I'm not sure I wrote about that. That the gas station. Situation. It's really sad, yeah. Because he calls he has, like, her. Cause... Yeah. Although I didn't understand what happened. Okay. So <laughs> maybe I just had comprehension issues because I was just focusing on their raw emotions. But so Gus calls her and he's like, something's really wrong. Obviously, like he's having like a medical emergency. And she like comes to pick him up at the gas station and he's like crying. And he says that he was trying to buy cigarettes. And was he saying, like, they didn't let him buy cigarettes or just he just couldn't get in because he had a medical... Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what... I don't get what happened. I wasn't sure either. And all I know is that to him, he was, like, he was, like, doing something independent, which he doesn't normally get to do because he's sick. And then, the you know, like, this one time that he goes and tries to do something, he can't do it. But he drives around so all Ill. the time. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm not I didn't understand. Sure that's why I didn't understand. My thought was maybe, like... Something about the driving tired him out too much. Mm. But then I was like, that's just the local gas station. Anyway, I was a little confused. Um, At this point, like, I felt like the movie was... There was so much that had happened that it actually felt longer than it was. Just because, like, now we have so many movies that are this length or longer and not as many things happen. (laughs) 
Mm. <laughs> I was just like, there's so many chapters. And in this way, it, it felt a little more like a book. Um, mm. Anyway. Wait, this is a long movie, though, right? It's a little over two hours, but, like, five feet apart is longer and less things happen, Ugh. if that makes sense. And it's worse. Uh, then we get the scene um, with Hazel confronting her mom. I love it. Yeah, oh, I like I that scene. Um, I honestly didn't catch the mom's sentence in the flashback, so I, like, couldn't understand that she said, I won't be a mom anymore. Mm-hmm. It's so... And even just before that, she says, like, you can let go to her daughter. Like, even that is so... Yeah, that's so sad. Like, that's such a kind thing to say to your to your daughter like that that it's okay to 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 die i don't know it just like truly it's also sad because it kills me laura dern do you ever <laughs> like watch medical dramas or is it not your not, thing not really i mean i feel like any you would be like the, crushed <laughs> i know i haven't ever let's see i watch scrubs which i know is a comedy but like yeah fully have wept while they watching have scrubs. yeah they have like yeah that well, amazing, I was gonna say like episode of Scrubs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You. It's it's sad. Yeah, I I was gonna say like Grey's Anatomy is so so bad. It's like hot garbage. But occasionally, <laughs> occasionally there will be like a scene about random patients, like extras, basically, like a case in the hospital. That for some reason, if it's like similar to like my real life, there's just like a situation that like strikes me, and like I'll almost cry. So like it'll mm. still occasionally get there for me. But I've just watched so much of it that I'm immune. Um, wait, wait, then, wait, wait, sorry. Then do you we cry... get the pre-funeral. <laughs> wait, do you cry at other stuff, though? Yeah, I would say, though, that, like, something I've noticed about myself is that it's not very predictable when I'll cry at a movie. Like, I have to be in the right mood, if that makes sense. Mm, I get and that. so, like, I kind of knew I wasn't going to cry in this movie because I was kind of being more analytical and just, mm-hmm. like, taking notes. But maybe if I had watched it in theaters, I would have, you know? I will say it was a weird experience to be weeping and, like, writing down the plot of the movie simultaneously. Uh, I'm trying to remember the last thing that I really, the last movie I really cried at, because it is something that, like, I started crying a lot and Nate was like, it's okay. (laughs) Sometimes things will just get you. It was a movie during pandemic. Yeah, I would say, like, it's not very predictable for me. Like, I often surprise myself. Maybe. I can't remember. Sorry. Did you like the pre-funeral? Um, I did like the pre-funeral. Uh, I loved Isaac's... I loved both of their speeches. I thought they were... I actually maybe preferred Isaac's. Like, it was a little less pretentious. Yeah. It, felt, it felt really realistic and, like, just really sweet. I was like... I thought Hazel's speech, like, had some good lines and then again, like, sort of went too far. Like, someone should have just told John Green, like, that's enough. <laughs> right. Like... Yeah, I guess th- this is where I was like, wait, is the title supposed to come out? Because they talk about, like, infinity. I don't know. Am I stupid? Like, is the title mentioned anywhere? We're going to look this up and be like, oh. Um. Yeah, I thought this was really good acting, but I couldn't take his writing because he would say things that I liked and then just keep going. Mm-hmm. Um. But I was also just like, in this part, I was like, they're so good. Like, Hazel's so good. Or Shailene Woodley's so good. Isaac actor, Nat Wolf gets to be like funny and nerdy and he's so much better than the Q role in Paper Towns that it made me so happy. I was like, maybe he will succeed. Because <laughs> like, like after Paper Towns, I was like, oh fuck, like this guy had his leading man role and it fucking sucked. Like that's we what I saw felt. you and we didn't like Yeah, that's what I saw. <laughs> okay. 
Should we finish? Yeah. Should we finish? Eight days later, Gus dies. Instead of reading the speech that she wrote, Hazel says something comforting at the funeral to his parents. At the request of Gus, Peter has shown up to the funeral, and afterwards he gets into Hazel's car. He reveals that his daughter died <coughs> from cancer and hands Hazel a note, but she crumples it up and forces him out of her car. After talking to Isaac, Hazel learns that Gus had reached out to Peter for advice on Hazel's eulogy. She reads the note in which Gus accepts his fate and says how lucky he is to have loved Hazel. Willem Dafoe returns in a white linen suit. Okay, Dope. did you notice like he gets into her car without anyone else there? Like that's scary. It's really like I was actually like, not okay. That's yeah, not okay. <laughs> you can tell that he's just like he's just a, a jerk and also just like maybe not used to interacting with people at this um, point in his life. I don't li- I don't like that there he brings up the trolley problem either. But also, um oh, yeah. <laughs> I like the detail that like he gives her the note and she crumples it and then like me, she leaves garbage in her car. Yes. So she had she she had to go back and like dig it out of like the floor. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that would happen to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> there was also another like classic crumple up your speech moment at the funeral when she she like unfolds the note that she had she had uh, shared earlier in the movie and then she's like never mind and then she just speaks from the heart I would but it's, never be able to do that yeah Listen, and I think that's that would such a, never happen to me <laughs> uh, it's hard but it's such a good point that like yeah you're just you know Gus is is gone so she doesn't yeah. have it have to do anything for him she just is there to like try and comfort his parents I actually way. like watching this I was like I really like the pre-funeral idea <laughs> again because like my fantasy is like knowing what people will say about me after <laughs> I die no um I like the pre-funeral idea because like the things that you often want to say to the person should be said when they're alive absolutely and then at the funeral it can just be for like the rando relatives yeah <laughs> like that maybe just like want to do religious stuff which is also mm-hmm. important to some people so yeah, I was like, everyone should do it if they can. <laughs> Maybe when, I will. <laughs> when she finds, so the way that she finds out that Gus has died is is just that her her parents get a phone call and then she just starts crying and they come into her like her that. room and that like that freaking killed me. She's really good at crying and like an honest yeah, she's way. She's such a good. She's such a good crier. And then well, after, here's the thing. She has pretty crying and also honest crying in this movie, <laughs> and they make her do both, and she does both really well. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And then her her dad's comment, um, "What a privilege it was to love him." That destroys me. And he okay, and he's like, I, uh, that destroyed me coming from Sam. But like, I can't imagine my dad ever saying something like that to me. Dad's just. I can't imagine having a dad that emotionally in touch. <laughs> That's true. My my father is not. My- but I but like in in this situation there's in a him parallel saying it, I because like him. he's he's saying like that's how we feel about you like we're so yes. lucky that we get to have you even even though you're going to die and like he's sort of trying to like get her to understand yes. how he how they feel. <laughs> my question was like did you like the choice so you find out in the end that Gus wrote to, you know, me and drunkard Willem Dafoe and was like, hey, like, I'm going to write what, like, can you help me with Hazel's eulogy? And like, these are stuff that like, I feel about Hazel. And it's like a lot of the, you know, closing, um, amazing things he wrote about her in that letter. I was kind of like, does it need to be the letter he wrote to Willem Dafoe? Like, could it have just been something that Isaac, like, had? Mm, Do you get me? Like, because at some point I was like, do we need Willem Dafoe to come back in a white linen suit and get into her car? <laughs> I think uh, we're 
<laughs> I mean, I totally, I, I get what you're saying. I'm wondering if we're supposed to sort of have a small character arc for the for author the of him kind of like putting in some effort and and like re, sort of righting his wrongs. He's not, I mean, he's being a dick. And then also seeing Hazel stand up for herself so yeah. strongly is like it's super nice. cool. Um, well, and then we find out that the book is actually based on his daughter. The book that Hazel really loves is based on his daughter. Um, and so, like, oh, this is something we didn't talk about. Hazel and Gus go to talk to the author because they want to ask, like, what happens to the rest of this daughter's family when she yeah. dies? And, like, uh, he kind of, like, laughs at them and is like, that's a stupid question. Yeah. Um, and, like... In him coming back, I guess he's tr- kind of, like, answering the question. He's like, I'm the family. <laughs> yeah. And um, actually, I was yeah. wondering if we're supposed to see him as this example of what Hazel is scared of. Is, like, this man lost Ooh. his daughter and just, just destroyed his life. Like, he is a wreck. Yeah, like, know, what she doesn't want her parents to be like, okay, maybe, maybe I approve. Okay, I approve of him coming back. I still don't know if, like, the uh, the nice love letter that has some nice lines in it by Gus needs to be like something he wrote to him because mm-hmm. this is like one of the one of the lines I did like is like like and I thought I would really like as a teen is like where Gus says like you know you don't get to choose if you get hurt in this world but you do get to choose who hurts you and like I'm happy with my choice like I like that and I was like I'm sad that it was wasted on him writing to Willem Dafoe <laughs> yeah and and I agree that Gus is someone that like would Gus care to to perfect his eulogy? Like, why is he really writing to this guy when he is so confident in general? He probably could have just sent this to Shailene Woodley and yeah, or like given nice. it to Isaac to be like Isaac, give it to her. Yeah, um, yeah. I think here's my other thing about the ending. I was a little curious about how she behaved after he died because one of the kind of gotchas in this movie is like. In the start of the movie, you see her as, like, I don't really want to interact with anyone because I'm so upset that, like, I'm going to, you know, wreck my mom's life, wreck my dad's life. I'm going to just destroy people's lives. That's why she doesn't want to be with him in the first place. And so then the gotcha is, like, now she's in the opposite position. She didn't think about, like, how she can go on without him. And so now I'm, like, like, he kind of changed that for her. Like, does she connect with people more, start going to the groups more? Is her life, like... Is her life a little more social? Does she encourage her mom to do the social work stuff now? Like, we start with her being so opposed to, like, making friends that I'm like, oh, maybe she, like, turns that around. So that was, like, something I wish maybe we got a tiny hint about in the end. Um, yeah. I see it as hopeful, I, yeah. too. And, like, maybe maybe even her, like, hanging out with Isaac is Yeah, a friend. they're friends. And, like, um, I was like... The way that they framed the ending, it was almost, like, just playing up, like, this is the one great summer romance movie. Like, this is her one true love, and it's so, Mm -hmm. so sad. And I was Mm -hmm. like, wait, you guys started a really good character arc and, like, real characters who got together. Like, you should finish it. So, like, I was a little dissatisfied by that. But maybe, like, um, maybe the book does it a little better? I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe we should... I can't right, to read. John I, Green. I, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, they're gonna say read the book. I was like, I can't put myself through that again. No, I I'm was like, gonna say maybe we should write to John Green and then he can yell at us. Sweet. 
<laughs> All right. I, we, I promise I, I was like afraid in the airport when he popped up. Okay, keep going. <laughs> I was just going to say like in summary, I think why my mom likes this movie and or mm. she didn't she hasn't seen the movie the book is because oh, it's Oh, I didn't know she hadn't about, seen it. Okay. I don't think so. She it's honest about I mean, I would say that it sanitizes a lot of what having cancer actually is. Like, you know, I know I know we see Shailene have a medical emergency and like she talks about the medicine she takes, but she doesn't talk about like the way the medicine makes her feel. If like she has any side effects that she's dealing with every day. Cause I know absolutely that's a thing that happens. Um, so it is sanitized, but it's also honest about like, she, she's not a serv- She's not a fighter. She's just someone who got sick and is either going to die or isn't. And in her case, she will die eventually. And she's, it doesn't matter what she does. She can't change that. Um, it's just something that was decided for her. And I think my mom has always been against the, like, survivor um, narrative totally. of, like, cancer stories. And this goes totally against that. Um, and I also love the message that, like, you live with sadness. Uh, it's kind of yeah. like the movie Upside Down. Um, mm. You have happiness and sadness Happiness together. and sadness, yeah. Yeah, you know what? As you we were saying that, I was thinking... There's so many, like, awful, sickly teen movies out there that, like, most of my dunking on this movie, if not all, is, like, the romance part and the dialogue Mm -hmm. and not, like, the cancer part, which, like, is surprising because, like, uh, you know, like, a lot of the way that people know this movie is, like, the cancer one, which, like, Mm. somebody somebody just said to me this week, are you going to do the cancer one? (laughs) (laughs) And, like, it... It actually handles it, like, fairly well. As far as teen movies go, like, holy shit, there's some bad shit out there. I know that there's other people who have complaints about it as well, but, um, but yeah, like, thank God that, like, the, the stylized dialogue is, like, what, you know, is what is a little cringe instead of, like, something really cringe about the cancer. Well, maybe the... The Anne Frank house is a little cringe. Yeah, I know people making out, making out in the Anne Frank. Absolutely, house. people do hate that, and like I can't, <laughs> I, I can't is really he Jewish? fight with them. Is he Jewish? No idea. That's a bold. It's a bold choice. He also, so he has not had cancer, but he said that he it's based on a cancer patient that he knew, like mm. that he met at a reading or something. Which, okay, whatever. <laughs> like I think that's a little creepy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Sorry, I'm googling whether he's Jewish. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, I agree with you. And I think like, they're so, because I know, like, because I grew up on the internet where everyone was dunking on this, there's so many other things this movie could have fucked up that were scaring me and that it did not. So that's good. Yay. Um, But yeah, we should. But Jane, I, (laughs) like. There was a part where I was watching, like, taking my serious notes, and, like, I think, like, um, uh, you know, Nate just, like, walked by and, like, took out his own earphones, and I think, like, uh, Gus says, like, would it be absolutely ludicrous if we just made out? And Nate was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like, with no, that was, like, one of the few lines he like heard and he was like why is he talking like that yeah I, so it's it's really hard and i also think again god ansel elgort sucks i really wish he didn't 
Yeah. Because he's also going to be cast in fucking West Side, or he is cast in fucking West Side Story I ha- remake. I have to watch that. Like, I have to see it. I'm and so I'm sorry, upset. Sucks, but. I'm so upset and like, oh, <sighs> and I like Baby Driver. Anyway, um, should we sum up? Yeah. Okay, Jane. <laughs> is this movie good or bad? I think it's good. I think the acting is good. I think the dialogue is questionable, but um, it ultimately has like a very satisfying uh, arc for all the characters and plot, and the message is good. I think it's, number one, not as bad as I thought it would be. Yay. I think I... It's it's a hard question because I think it does... It is so much better than some other like Netflix or teen things that I see... But I also think, like, it, uh, I think the dialogue really irritates me because he thinks, I think John Green thinks very highly of himself. You're probably right. So I, I think I'm like, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's really? not, it's not awful. And it's, it's not awful, but um, because, like, you can tell a lot of money was put into this movie, but I also, and the actors are really good, but I also think, like, like, they did a really good job with some really natural acting in between stuff I didn't like. Oh, like there's a scene I didn't tell you about that I thought was really cute, which is like they're in the hotel and they're about to go see the author and Ansel Elgort comes in and he's like, who's ready for some answers? And Shailene Woodley is so cute. And she's like, me. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, they're not acting. Like, I think they're just like being silly. Yeah. And it was so cute. Um, So our next question is Jane, do you like this movie? I definitely like it. It's it's not like one of my favorites and it's so hard to watch. So I'm not going to be watching it again anytime soon, but I definitely uh, like it. I like Shailene Woodley in this movie. I don't know if I enjoy I don't know if I would have watched it if not for this podcast. And I do think the stuff I didn't like was like already what I thought. Okay. And then, like, the stuff I did like was, like, nicely surprising, which is mm-hmm. nice. But also, like, it is a long movie, so it is not an easy feat to just watch, which I didn't expect. Um, what type of teen is this movie for? Okay, you can't be too cynical for this movie, so I'm thinking a younger, mm, yeah. earnest, earnest teen would be into this. I think a younger teen. I also think it's nice to see a good example of two teen boys with a good friendship. Mm. I almost, both this and Spectacular Now, like, I think that's healthy. Men need more friends. <laughs> <laughs> Men need friends. And both of them have good examples of sex scenes that aren't, like, fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Think about how, think about, like, Euphoria and, like, oh what the God. teens are watching now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love Euphoria, but, man, if that was, like, my prime teen content, I would be even... More messed up. Okay, um, Jane, what are you watching these days? Okay, I finished <gasps> my Carrie Mulligan uh, wow. journey, and I also finished Search Party, so I'm sort of in this, like, wow. free, free-floating, like, area. Um, so I've watched, like, a slew of, like, random stuff, including a Paris Hilton documentary, which was interesting and not what I expected. Um, so I am hoping to start another like either actress completion thing Mm. or like director or something else um like that and i haven't decided yet so if anyone has any Mm. suggestions let me know you should watch um, witcher before you do that (laughs) 
I just think get I'm it out of the watch, way. I think I'm gonna watch the top, sh- the most <gasps> recent Top Chef. Season. Oh hell yeah! Actually, I, I might do it. that too. Um, what am I watching? Um, I'm up to date with Riverdale, and I told Jane there was like a truly psychotic episode, which is the one that dropped this week. <laughs> if anyone's following it, it's the one where Veronica creates like her own currency. <laughs> oh my! Oh my god. <laughs> There's, like, cryptocurrency in Riverdale. <laughs> anyway, um, and then I, hmm, I guess, oh, Jane, I told you about something before on Disney Plus that I discovered. So I haven't been watching a lot of my regular shows because Nate's been away and I'm waiting for him to get back before we finish Search Party. But, um, I have been watching this trash TV show on Disney Plus called Encore. Um, it is about, so it's hosted by Kristen Bell, who we love on the show. It's a pro mm-hmm. Kristen Bell podcast. And it's, um, <laughs> it's people who go, uh, who were in high school plays and like 20 years later, they're like taken to go and like do the same high school musical that they did. Okay. I've and heard of there's this. like cameos sometimes of like Broadway actors or Broadway directors or something. And it's pretty funny. <laughs> That sounds incredible. It's, like, it's very much, like, predictable, but, like, I'm watching the ones where, like, I know the play, and so, like, I can relate to stuff, and it's also, like, pretty wild because they do it really fast, and so I don't know if they just, like, email everyone the script months before and let them memorize it, because they do the whole show. Mm. Um, But, yeah, it's, like, exactly what you predict, but it's, like, fun to see, because they juxtapose, like, the teen videos home videos and then like the real like the adult ones and it's like cute to see how they grew up and like they always bring in the theater director that they had in high school and everyone is emotional yeah (laughs) it's cute I think actually one of the episodes made me cry wow because someone just had like a messed up life on one of them um and (laughs) Um, and also, um, a lot of the shows are ones that, like, either Nate or I did in high school, so, like, we can, like, talk about that while we're watching. You don't really have to pay much close attention to it. Um, but yeah. I wouldn't recommend it necessarily, but if that sounds appealing to you, then watch it. (laughs) That was Under the Bleachers, our podcast about teen content. Um, We would love if you hit that subscribe button whatever way you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate us and leave a review. Please share us with a friend. And with a teen. You can get in touch with us at underthebleacherspod at gmail.com and find us on Twitter at at bleacherteens. We'll see you next time. Under the bleachers. Bleachers.